With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pour one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Crack open a Ruthie today. Enjoy your HN Podcast, John Miller, along with Rob Howe from the Exile Brewing Company Studios. Thank you to Exile. Also, thank you to Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. Visit their website at heartlandflags.com. Busy week for Iowa sports, even though the bye was this past week. Uh, Iowa football media, uh, Iowa football media availability this week, but also Iowa basketball media day. And I always tell people, Rob, when they ask me, you know, what's 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 a secret to broadcasting and doing it for a long time or podcasting? And I say, do things that you enjoy and have fun with, because if you're not having fun, nobody else will. So that's why we're going to start with basketball. Not that <laughs> I don't have fun with football. I do. But I am a big uh, hoops junkie. And this Iowa basketball season, I think, has the... Um, has the opportunity to be one of the more exciting uh, in a long time, at least on paper, as long as nobody gets hurt. If Jordan Bohannon gets hurt, let's just cue cut to black and go to next year. But the overall move, well, Fran McCaffrey is always optimistic and media day is like, you know, giving crack to an addict for him as far as over the top positive things. But what was the attitude of the team? Uh, you've been to a number of these. Did you sense anything different from this uh, year's edition? Um, not really. I mean, I think it's a close group. I think they they get along really well, but I would say that about, you know, recent Iowa teams. I I don't, you know, I I think that's kind of been a common theme when Fran's been around. They've had some, you know, some, some roller coaster trips in some of these seasons and, you know, losing is always hard and, you know, it's, it's tough on the players and, and obviously on the coach, but, um, I just got even last year when they, you know, when they didn't make the NCAA tournament, I got the sense that everybody was on the same page to use a cliche or, or got along really well. Um, and I think, you know, this is Fran's deepest team. And also, I think you can go down that roster and say this guy could be really good or this guy could be a key contributor if things happen a certain way. I mean, from. You know, you can go from Tyler Cook to Ryan Ryan Creener. Uh, Ryan Creener looked great this summer, but he's not a guy that people are talking about. Or, you know, Dom Yule. Um, you know, he's a senior. Who knows what what they'll get from him? So, from pretty much from what everybody has said, and everybody said the other day, it's uh, it's a battle in practice every day. They're going at it hard. And, you know, steel sharpens steel. And I think that's what's going to help make them a, a, a much better team once – the Big Ten rolls around. I need a pronunciation um, confirmation right out of the gate. Jack 
from Indiana. How do you pronounce his last name? I'm sure I've gotten it wrong all summer. Uh, I think it's Nungi. Okay, because I heard somebody calling him Nung today, and I'm like, it can't be Nung. Okay, well, I will email sports information just 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 because I feel ever since I went to the horse's mouth in 2004 or five, and I asked Kenny Webema, I said, "Hey, we're all pronouncing your name Iwabima. How do you pronounce your name?" And he said, "Webema." So I started saying Webema, and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, "Hey, dude, told me what his name was. I'm only just cop, you know, telling him what he said." So, uh, but at any rate, you know. I tweeted something out today. You reply to it. This team, as you mentioned, very long on forward depth. We're not. I was not long on guard depth. I think they're probably a Joe Wieskamp away from being maybe a legit Sweet Sixteen challenger this year, but that's not going to come this year. Um, I, I think that a lot of opposing teams are going to play a lot of zone against Iowa because of how long Iowa can get Fran McCaffrey saying during his press conference, we can go really long. I mean, he can brave He can bring in truly hockey line changes uh, and just roll things out. But I think when Iowa goes big and goes long, how are they going to be able to counteract that with a uh, zone D when the other team plays zone? Do you think that there are enough versatile big men that can knock the three down consistently? Yeah. Time will tell. I think that's the, the one question mark, you know, beyond Ellingson and, and of course, Bohannon. Um, and I think Moss can get into that rhythm um, and shoot the three. But, you know, the front court players, we really don't have a – I think Bear has had, has shot it well at times. Uh, Yule has shot it well at times. Um, but, you know, consist, consistency will be the key for that. And, you know, if they do go big, you're, you're going to see zone – um, what I heard a lot at media day, which was interesting, is talking about Bohannon playing off the ball more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, they're looking to, to, I think, get Williams more minutes. They're looking to get Ellingson minutes at the point. Um, so I'm interested to see how they, they can figure that backcourt to get him off the ball more. Um, you know, they, they like you said, though, they're thin in the backcourt, so they're going to have to – he's going to have to try to be, get creative and mix and match, foul trouble, things like that uh, to be able to, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, have some have some stability there and, and have some different options. And I don't know, you know, you know, with some of those big guys, they like to say, you know, I can play the two and I can play the three. But we'll see. You know, it's one thing to do that on the offensive end. It's a whole other ball game to, you know, try to guard one of the Big Ten's top small forwards on the other end of the floor when you're, you know, a bigger guy. So um, we'll see. It's it's really an interesting roster. Um, I'm excited to see kind of how this team comes together. I get a little concerned that the outside expectations, at least from the Iowa fan base, is are a little elevated. Uh, like you, I think this is a good team. I think it's an NCAA team. I'm just not sure um, what the ceiling is for this squad. Um, and I worry that if they have some struggles this year, um, it's going to be disappointing to fans that maybe have too high of expectations for a group that's still pretty young. Yeah, I, to me, I haven't gone down and done this, you know, quote unquote, on the record for this year yet. I mean, I remember writing some things back in. April, uh, after I took a real deep dive into what was returning, the level of production that was returning for most of the teams that I thought would be in the upper half of the Big Ten, 
to me, I think, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere in there, at least to start with, preseason is where I'll have them. Uh, I'm not exactly certain yet. Michigan State's clear number one for me. I'm, I'll probably put Minnesota at two, Purdue or Northwestern at three, and then Purdue or Northwestern at four. So I'm probably going to settle on putting Iowa at fifth because the other teams there at Michigan, you know, they lost they lost some players to, you know, some talent and one to the NBA. Uh, yeah, they've got some talented players coming back. They've also got a, a transfer guard coming in, which will be helpful. So I think they're also an NCAA team, but I can see Iowa being better than them. Maryland was a very young team last year, but they will have a new face at point guard as Melo Tremble uh, moved on. He could have returned, and had he returned, I thought that that would have been you know, another top 15, top 10 team. I think Minnesota's potentially a top 10 team. Um, you know, one of the best shot blockers in the sport, if not the best shot blocker in the sport. I don't think Indiana's going to be better than Iowa at all. Uh, Illinois won't be. Wisconsin, I know that they haven't finished outside of the top four uh, in 14, 15 years. But when I look at them and look at everybody they lost and show Walter and Nigel Hayes and uh, Koenig and then uh, the, the singer guy that they always showed singing during the games, can't remember what his name is they lost a ton and, yeah. ethan, and ethan hap can't hit free throws so I, I i i probably would debate anybody to put iowa lower than fifth because i who are you going to put above them fifth I, I think maryland can i mean maryland is it's just it it is a basketball school they recruit really well and they had some good young players last year again you don't know the impact of not having trimble there um but they do have some some good players michigan Beeline's a good coach, and he's he's got some decent. Play. He lost a lot, but he still has some decent guys coming back. Um, I think Iowa, Michigan, Maryland are kind of all in that five mix. They all have more question marks than that top four. Um, the the advantage Iowa has, obviously, for for the first time in a while, is they have a favorable schedule. So that's what's so hard about picking the Big Ten, John, is you have to go through and look at every schedule. And I think you did this in the spring, and then figure out, you know, how that because it's so unbalanced. That's why I like the idea of them going to twenty conference games. Mm-hmm. I just think that makes it much more the regular season much more important. Totally does. I, I'm pulling up the stats that I had in front of me. Um, from this out of season, you know, Iowa returns 85.6% of its minutes. The only team that returns more minutes than Iowa is Minnesota at 88.7. Iowa returns 71.7% of its three point field goals. Um, there's only a couple of teams in the league that return more. Iowa returns 91% of its offensive rebounds, 82% of its defensive rebounds. Iowa returns 76.6% of its points. The only team to, teams to return, well, I guess there's more than a few. Michigan State returns 79.5. Minnesota returns 88.1. Northwestern returns 85.5. This league is going to be really really good and that's one of the things that i don't want to get into like some people and telling people what they should think or how they should feel or their level of excitement even though i probably did that with football season this year when i picked them six and six i think iowa is going to be a good team but don't forget there are a number of good teams that return a ton in this league this year yeah, without question. And there aren't a lot of easy outs. Even when you go down, like you said, Iowa's better than Indiana. 
But Indiana is not lacking talent. I mean, right. if when you go to Bloomington, that's going to be a tough game. I, if Iowa goes to Bloomington this year, I don't even know. Penn State had some good young players last year. Ohio State, new coach starting to get, you know, trying to reload there. Illinois. I mean, Nebraska and Rutgers, you, you would hope that those those two teams you're able to beat. But even them on any given night. And I and that's a cliche. And I just think it's a deep league and it's really strong in that middle area. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm trying to uh, pull up the uh, single plays. I wrote some Iowa big home hoop schedule is strong. Okay, that was from July, so this might be. Yeah, here it is. I was found it. So here are Iowa's home and away opponents: Indiana, so they will go to Bloomington, Michigan, Minnesota, Penn State, and Ohio State. Penn State and Ohio State are not going to be good teams. Ohio State's not going to be a good team. Uh, Minnesota is. Michigan is, and Indiana's so-so. Now the following are single plays. Michigan State, Northwestern, Purdue, and Wisconsin all at home. I mean, if you got to play those teams once, you want them at home. Away, Illinois, Maryland, Nebraska, and Rutgers. So it's pretty darn good. Uh, It's one of the more favorable Big Ten schedules there is. I don't have the the matrix in front of me as far as single place for other teams, so that um, that's pretty favorable. Um, do you- and it all comes down, John, and I, I think you'd be in agreement with this. Iowa has to defend better. I don't think they're going to have a problem scoring the ball. They've got they've got guys that can score the ball. You talked about three point shooting. That that's somewhat of a question mark without Jock, but I still think they have guys that can do it. It's can they defend? Can they defend the rim? I mean, they were giving up way too many easy baskets last year. Yeah, you're exactly right, and, and they've got they you know Fran talked about having some rim rim protect rim protectors in Nungi, 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 Nung, and Garza, uh, and that was just call him Jack. Jack, let's just call him. You know, how about I'm just going to call him Chitwood, Jimmy Chitwood. <laughs> yeah. He looks just like him. Um, Garza dominated bad All Star teams from Europe this summer but also was very dominant in the primetime league. You took in a lot of those games. What are your – I listened to a po- – I don't like – I don't like – I listened to the All Hawkeyes podcast today on my drive home. I'm a, I'm a, I've told you this. I'm a podcast junkie. I drive probably, you know, an hour and ten minutes a day, you know, both ways added up for my commute. So I'm always listening to podcasts. And today was a new All Hawkeyes, so I listened to that. And um, Tom and Pat were talking about their expectations. And I think um, Tom, uh, Tom asked Pat over under for Luca Garza on eight on uh, seven points per game and five rebounds per game. Pat said he, he thinks over. He thinks 10 and six. I don't think 10 and six because my guess is true freshman centers in the last 25 years of Big Ten basketball play. There may be two or three that have done that. But what are your expectations for Luca Garza as a center on this very deep team uh, production-wise? I think those are fair estimates, John. I, I think those are kind of right in there. Um, I'm working on a story for tomorrow on Cordell Pemsel, tomorrow being Thursday, um, on Cordell Pemsel, just on the weight he's lost in the offseason. And I, I looked up, and I didn't remember this. He averaged 8.9 points and five rebounds a game last year. Cordell Pemsel did. Um, and that was mm-hmm. with – two, two groin, two, uh, strained groin muscles. So, um, and again, it's, it's going to be dependent on 
how many minutes Luca gets. I think I think Pencil averaged around 19 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta think Garza is probably going to be in that range, probably in the 20 to 23 range, somewhere in there, maybe. Um, so I think those numbers are doable. I think. You know, eight to nine points, maybe five to six rebounds. I think that's a solid season. And I mean, I put that up on the message board. I think I forget which, maybe it was Sports Illustrated that I had him averaging seven and six, seven, six and five and change on the board. And people were calling me nuts, calling Sports Illustrated nuts, saying, how could you say, look what he did in Europe? But as you said, I mean, you got to put it into context of other guys that are on the team that are going to have to get minutes as well. Um, He's going to find nights where he's in foul trouble. Um, And the Big Ten is physical. I know he's a big kid, but he's not used to banging with with the guys that he's going to go up against in the Big Ten every night. Wait till he runs up against Lucas Haas. You know, and, and guys like that. So I think those numbers are doable. I was surprised at how much Pemsel averaged last year. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm just so interested in finding out how the pieces fit together in that front court because you just look down that – you look down the list of guys that are that are candidates to play – and where do you do with an Ahmad, Ahmad Wagner or Ryan Kreiner or, you know, guys like that? Where do they fit into this mix? They're going to probably get some minutes, I would think. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking with Trent Condon over on 1700 KBG, KBBG or KBGG, sorry, 1700 in Des Moines. And I know you go in there as well. And, and he was talking about like what you see sometimes in the NBA where, hey, Ryan, we're not going to play tonight. You're going to get a rest. Uh, next, next game we're going to rest, um, you know, Tyler Cook, which they won't rest Tyler Cook, or, hey, Dom, Yo, you're not playing tonight. Just almost like give these guys a break every now and then because they're so deep to keep them fresh. And when you get to February, you got fresh legs when your opponents don't. I don't know if they'll do that, but it was an interesting topic. Um, getting back to what I had mentioned before, and I totally had no idea, I just went and searched this. The tr- true freshmen, true centers in since 1992 in Big Ten play, only four of them have averaged 10 or more points per game and six or more rebounds per game as a true freshman. Greg, so four in what, 25 years? Yeah. Greg Oden, who was the number one draft pick. Yep. A.J. Hammonds, you just saw him from Purdue. He was Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, Big Ten record for double-doubles in a single season. Zach Randolph, I think still playing in the NBA for Memphis. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And Richard Griffith. Mm-hmm. One of one of the most recruited high school centers of all time, coming out of uh, Chicago. Uh, I think it was Chicago. S- was it Simeon? Gosh, if I get that wrong, some of my Illinois friends are going to kill me. But <laughs> I mean, I remember I remember reading about him as an eighth grader back in the late 1980s when I used to subscribe to something called the Basketball Times. Um, just a phenomenal. So those are the four. Those are the four. So ten and six may be doable, but. 10 and 6 is incredibly uh, tall cotton. Now, here's another one that they threw out, and I'll throw at you. And I think I actually threw these numbers out on Twitter back in the spring, and everybody said that I was crazy. Um, Tyler Cook, 15 points per game and 7 rebounds per game. Do you think that's possible? Yes. Likely. You didn't even hesitate, so you must think it's... Likely, I see again. It's hard for me, and I'm not trying to ride the fence or hedge here. It's just hard for me to know how many, how deep he's going to go in that front court, and how many minutes these guys are going to get. I got to think, you know, 
and I said this to a, a few, uh, was on the radio a couple times this week, and people talked about Tyler Cook because Chad did a nice story on him in the register. I'll have I have one coming up next week. Um, but he just seems more confident. If you were going to look at this roster, John, and say, okay, who's the star on this team? It's him. And, and that's not taking anything away from anybody else on the roster. And I think, as we both agreed, Jordan Bohannon is the most um, – least guy you can least afford to lose just because of depth in the backcourt and i think if cook went down although it would be a huge blow there are other guys that could probably fill in um and at least you know plug the, the hole up for a little while um i think cook just has that star power he has that type of ability a uh, huge recruit he looks really cut he looks like he's in great shape and i asked him on monday i was like you know what are your goals and usually he hems and haws at stuff like that he said player of the year in the big 10 if not player of the year in the country and he looked at me with a straight face there wasn't any hesitation i mean he's motivated and um like i said it's hard to know how the minutes are going to be distributed um but i think he has that potential for 15 and 7 well let me just tell you that and by the way i said aj hammonds you know the big 10 record for double i, I met caleb swan again so i big got my, i got my purdue big awesome big man mixed up since 1992 just 15 freshmen or sophomores big 10 players and, and tyler cook's going to be a sophomore any position just 15 of them have averaged at least 15 points per game and at least seven rebounds per game. Glenn Robinson, Chris Humphreys, Chris Weber, Caleb Swanigan, Lavelle Blanchard, Jared Sullinger, Evan Turner, Richard Griffith, Jared Sullinger, uh, twice, uh, Miles Bridges, Michigan State last year, Cody yeah. Zeller, Greg Oden, Kirk Haston, Jess Settles, and Gary Claxton. We're talking 66%, two-thirds NBA guys. And a guy yep. like Jess Settles, who didn't play in the NBA, who's one of the better players to play at Iowa. I mean, th- th- those are elite, elite numbers. And if you, if you add in juniors and seniors, so any age, only 58, only 58 times has there been in 25 years um, that happened. So only 14 players have done it as a freshman or sophomore. So if they get that kind of production, you're talking about basically a first team, all big tenor. Yes. I think he has that potential. I really do. It may not be this year. It may be next year. Again, it's hard to know how they're going to distribute those minutes. Um, but I think he has that potential. I really do. I think his, he's worked on his perimeter game and face up game a little bit more. Um, you know, it's going to, it's just going to be a matter of, of minutes for him, I think. I think he has the talent to do it. Pat and Tom, thank you for giving me another reason to go to sportsreference.com. And who, who are, sorry to interrupt. So Settles was one of them. Was there another, any other among the 58 with Iowa? Do you have that at your – Yeah, let me pull this up. I'm going to put junior season and senior season back in, get results, 15 Did and Reggie 7. Did Reggie do it? Uh, Iowa – A.C. Earl. Okay. Did it as a senior. Aaron White did it huh? as a senior. Reggie Evans, good yeah. call, did it as a senior. 15.4 and 7.5. And then Jess Settles. Reggie did it twice. Jess actually did it twice. So you're talking four guys? Yeah. In 25 years at Iowa? It's pretty good. Yeah, and those are some of the best post. You know, guy, those are the, some of the best big men that Iowa's had. 
no doubt. So it's it's not an easy thing to do. So that's that's why I wanted to underscore it because I, I get caught up in this too because I threw out that 15 and 7 in the spring and I had people saying, dude, back the truck up. Hold on. And they're like, you know how elite that is? So I went and found out. Yeah, that's pretty damn elite. So uh, we shall see. Um, what kind of impact do you think Jack Jack's going to have? <laughs> um, again, it's hard to know. I, he's... They're different players, he and Garza. Garza's more of um, back-to-the-basket type. Um, not that he can't face up, but um, Jack reminds me more of, you know, we talked about Aaron White. He reminds me a little bit more of him, but I think his shot is a little bit better from the outside. Um, but he attacks the rim like that. He's long. Um, he's he's more physical than Aaron was when he first got here. Um, but... He's kind of a little bit like Utah in the sense that he's a quieter guy. And I'm wondering how that just kind of the, that personality, he seems like he's, he's got that intensity in him, but I want to see it, you know, once he gets into playing major college basketball, um, if he, he can stay into it mentally focused, that's some of the hardest part of being freshman is that mental part of the game and being able to deal with, you know, failure and being able to deal with success sometimes. So, um, I think he's got a great skill set. Uh, he's a legit six ten. He says he's six eleven. I won't say he's lying. Um, he's long. Um, and I think he's going to get a chance as well. He's, he moves really well for his size. Um, hard to, hard for me to say, to put on anybody, you know, this is what I think they're going to do. I just think he's a really good player, and depending on opportunity, I think he has a chance to be really good. The black and gold unites us all, but then what? Kevin the Flag Guy from Heartland Flags here. If you're listening to this podcast, you bleed black and gold. But what comes after the Hawks? For me, it's the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals. Nope, can't explain it. What about you? Packers and Wizards? Pelicans and Sharks? NASCAR and the Jags? Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers? Whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams' flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere. Guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at heartlandflags.com, where you'll never pay for shipping. Rob, I, I wrote something the other day, after, uh, you know, after media day, the most indispensable player, meaning the, the player that Iowa, this team, particularly this team, can least afford to lose. And I'm not saying this guy is the best player on the team, but he's the guy that they can't go without. And, and my pick is Jordan Bohannon. Uh, that's not to say. I mean, Tyler Cook's an, an NBA prospect, but if this team loses Jordan Bohannon, they're in trouble because they don't have anybody. Any, you know, you talk about wins above replacement in baseball. Jordan's wins above replacement on this particular team. The gap between him and his replacement is incredible. Uh, and Tyler Cook, there is a gap between him and his replacement, but the gap is nowhere near as big. I mean, you you wrote this in an article uh, from Media Day when Fran was throwing around, you know, Steph Curry and Bohannon. Not he's not saying that Bohannon and Steph Curry just patterning his game after him. Bohannon just you said he was one of just two freshmen in the country last year to hand out at least 175 assists and knock down at least 85 three pointers. 
I think he's one of only two true freshmen in the last 25 years of college basketball to do that. When I looked in that database, I'm going to do it again. But there were some other incredible things that I looked up from him. I mean, the Iowa played 34 games last year. And through the first 21 games of the season, um, or 72%, so the vast majority of the year, he averaged a solid 8.7 points per game and 4.9 assists per game. Hit on 34.5% of his threes. No freshman at Iowa, dating back to 1992, had ever even averaged those numbers, 8.6 and 4.8. Nobody. And BJ didn't either before 25 years ago. So that would have already been a pretty dang good year. And those numbers are all the more impressive considering just five other Big Ten players had ever eclipsed those averages. I'm sorry, not ever, had, had, had eclipsed those averages in their first year on campus since 92. D'Angelo Russell, Mike Conley, D. Brown, Mateen Cleaves, and Jermaine Tate. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty big. But that was yeah. just his first 21 games. How about his last 13 games? His last 13 games, he averaged 14.6 points per game, 5.6 assists per game he made 50.5 percent of his threes on 95 attempts and if you would have extrapolated those last 13 games over a season here are the players from power five leagues in the nation that averaged over 14 and a half a game and 55.5 assists Jawan evans from oklahoma state mm-hmm. who was the 39th pick in the draft markel fultz washington first overall pick lonzo ball second overall pick Dennis Smith Jr. Vincy State, ninth overall pick. Monte Morris, best point guard in Iowa State history. And Bryant Crawford from Wake Forest, he's going to be a junior. He averaged 16-2 and 5.5. I mean, what we – and he ended the – oh, by the way, he ended the year on three consecutive double-doubles, which I don't think's ever happened before in Iowa history. What did the turnovers look like? I know he didn't turn the ball over much at all either. That yeah, was... the, 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 front, the front 21 games, he averaged 2.3 turnovers per game. And the last 13, he averaged 2.2 turnovers per game. So he cut it down a significant amount. And That's he, still over 2-1. to one. Oh, yeah. He raised his assists <laughs> from 5.9 to 5.6. And, and, and he, you know, raised his scoring by 70%. I mean, I think he's the most irreplaceable player, and it's not even a debate. Yeah, I think the I think what Fran needs to find is is – where you know where those backup minutes come i mean christian williams has had opportunities he re- and he's an upperclassman now he re- he and brady ellingson really need to really need to contribute this year because you can't play bohan in 40 minutes a game i mean he's gonna have to have some rest and those guys have to play strong minutes when he's in there um you know if if he were to go down you gotta i mean Fran talked about it and, and Connor talked about it a little bit, but he wasn't keen on the idea. I guess what, depending on what, you know, and, and believe me, I, I hope nothing happens to Jordan. Great kid. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just contingency plans. Maybe you go to Connor McCaffrey if, uh, you know, it's early enough in the season and it's, and it's fair to him and it's, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. If he gets hurt, I think you have to pull Connor's red shirt. I, I, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do. You know, Fran likes to say, oh, this big guy can play point guard even. Well, 
he's not really somebody that's going to play point guard. Any anything else? Any other takeaway? You know, Cordell Pemsel lost a lot of weight, saying all the right things that he feels great, can jump higher. A lot of more uh, additional hyperbole with Tyler Cook saying that you know he's just taking his game to another level. We've talked about that a little bit. You mentioned Ryan Kreiner, um, who did really well, extremely well in the primetime league. The one game we could see on video from Germany, I thought he looked pretty good. Anything else that we're missing? I think I would I would add Isaiah Moss. We haven't touched on him yet. Um, he's a huge key for this team. You know, that two-guard spot is such a big part of any basketball team. But, um, you know, he's got to be able to defend and also has to be able to to pick up some of the slack lost by Peter Jock at that position. And he's a guy that started a lot last year but just was struggled with consistency, and they need him to be consistent. You talked about the, the lack of depth in that backcourt, and he's – He's a key part of it. He's going to be starting. Fran pretty much said that on media day that uh, he's got a, he's another guy that's kind of quiet and reserved. He's got to, he's got to be a little bit more intense and, and a little bit more consistent with his play. Well, he, he is, has phenomenal control in transition. I think that he may have the ability to, to develop a really good drive game from that outside position he's got a he's you know he's he's pretty big and i think he can get to the rim and and, and there's just not a lot of players on this team in the backcourt that can create their own shot and, and drive and get to that rim although bohannon i know has been working on that and yeah and there were times last year there were two or three games where he had like 18 16 20 points and a half and then just would disappear but then again you know he was playing the same position as peter jock uh, for some of the time, or, or Peter Jock just got those minutes, and Iowa made some different changes. So you're right; he is a huge key because you you know when, we, when you get into tough games or you get into the tournament, it's about guard play, and Iowa is loaded with forwards. But at some point in time, the, the guards really have to win it for you. So that will be good. Um, can't wait for basketball to get going. Football this week, Northwestern. I know you released your prediction already. Um, I have yet to read it. I have it favorited on Twitter to read it tonight. What do you think of this matchup? Frankly, I actually think either it, I was, it, it will either be a close game or Iowa will win by double digits. I don't think Northwestern will win by double digits. Yeah, these are two teams that are just really hard to get a handle on. And I think part of the reason is, John, that They've both played a pretty difficult schedule, particularly in the Big Ten. Northwestern's played Penn State and Wisconsin, and Iowa's played Penn State and Michigan State. Um, and, you know, they've lost all those games. Um, Northwestern hung with, with Wisconsin and Madison for a while before falling apart in the end, but wasn't very competitive against Penn State in the second half, although they did a pretty nice job against the run uh, in the first half. Um and it's just one of those matchups. Can Iowa defend what Northwestern does? When they can't, they lose. Um, they didn't last year. Austin Carr lit them up. Clayton Thorson picked them apart. Um, if they can't defend those underneath routes, the crossing routes, that mesh stuff that they like to call it these days, they're going to get picked apart again because – yeah, Austin Carr is gone, but Northwestern still has those those little pesky wide receivers that get underneath and get mismatches with linebackers. You know, Josie Jewell, Ben Neiman, Imani Hooker, all those guys talked about it on Tuesday that 
they're prepared for it. They, they understand what they need to do. It's communication. It's handing, you know, hand, if you're in zone, being able to hand that receiver off to the next guy and knowing where that coverage is. Um, but it's complicated and it's hard to do. Um, and it's a, it's a tough matchup for Iowa's defense. So to me, that's really the key. Um, and then also Northwestern just stifled Iowa's running game last year. They, Iowa, I forgot about this till I did the preview today. Iowa ran 41 times for 79 yards last year against Northwestern. And Northwestern's rush defense is better this year. They're only giving up 3.4 yards per carry, and that's having played Wisconsin and Penn State already. So they're going to load the box up again. They're going to make – they're going to make Nate Stanley beat them through the air. And I'm wondering if the game plan for Brian Ferentz this week is to come out and a little bit like it did, he did against Illinois and loosen things up with the passing game. I think that may be the way to go. Yeah, I think so. You know, the bye week we felt came at a good time uh, health-wise. Hopefully, you know, probably offered Brian Ferentz an opportunity to maybe do a little self-scouting in his first six games as a coordinator, catch his breath a little bit, which I, I can't hurt. So hopefully we see some of that. What have you been your thoughts generally on Brian's first six games as a coordinator? I've actually been impressed. I think he's done a good job. Yeah, I think the best part of it was when he came out last week and basically cop to the mistakes that he made. You know, some of the key, you know, the 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 safety, the handoff to to uh, to Akram Wadley against Penn State that went for a safety. Um, he, he basically said his game plan at Michigan State. St- Dunk. Um, and it, it, it did. Let's be honest, it just wasn't very good. Michigan State knew what Iowa was doing and stopped it. And then those are good teams that, but that, you know, Iowa ran up against. But for the most part, I like, and it just seems like each week he adds a little bit more. And I think we have to remember that it is a first year quarterback that he's trying right. to get, you know, navigate these waters with. And, adding a little bit more each week and, and defenses are throwing everything they can at, at Nate Stanley. I talked to Nate and he had a big smile on his face. He's like, yeah, he's going, I, I, he goes, they, uh, we saw all the blitzes that our defense showed throughout a whole season in the first six games of the season. Um, and he's like, you know, but I feel like I'm more prepared now. So that's, that's the, one of the intriguing parts for me is to see what they learn from those first six games and what they can do to take advantage of what they do well and what defense are, do, are doing against them in these last six games. Yeah, it, it will be. That, that is fascinating. to see. Can, can they apply that in the second half of the season? Or is that something that goes in the memory banks and we begin to see greater dividends reaped next season? Which for me, as I mentioned, I just kind of have, have felt this team was about building a foundation for, for the next year, the next couple of years. But um, I think that it would be fascinating if they, if they can assimilate what they learned the first part of the season, get a bye week, take that to the field, and really crank it up the rest of the way. That would uh, that would be something. So we should. It see. sounds it sounds to me like at least from what Brian said and what Stanley said and, and Matt Vandenberg, it sounds like the freshman receivers are ready to take that next step too. So that's another component that maybe we haven't seen in the first half of the season. Um, Brian even said last week that they've got to find more time uh for max cooper that he's playing really well in practice so it'll be interesting to see maybe there are some more pieces there and i think we see more of the playbook moving forward and maybe that can combat some of the things that defenses are doing against them because i think the defensive plan against Iowa is going to remain the same until they 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 prove that they can beat it on a consistent pace indeed 
Aces. Easy for you to say. Um, <laughs> that will do it for this installment of the HN Podcast. Thanks again to Heartland Flagpoles and Flags and to Exile Brewing Company for being a sponsor. Thank you, Rob, for jumping on. And Hey, to- one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. we got to put this in there. If you want to win a free grill, and, and who doesn't want a free grill? I agree. Check out the site. We've got a story up there. It's really easy to enter. You just have to retweet or share our the social media on Twitter or Facebook and then comment on the bottom of the story with why you why we should give you the grill. You have to come up and give us a story to make us feel like, hey, this is the this is the person that deserves this grill. Doesn't have and, to be a true story. No, we won't know. But it's got to be a good story. So if you're a good liar, go for it. Um, we've got – let me see. Um, let's see if I can pull this up real quick. Um, we Last time I checked, we're up to 30 comments already. Uh, let's see. I, I'll, only up to 32. So there's you, the competition's not really that thick yet. So get in there now. We're running it through next Friday. Give us your story, and maybe you win the commando. It's the commando grill, John. Yeah, it's a char griller, uh, the commando grill. And really – who can't use that? I know that I could. I live down in Tulsa. All my friends, they do ribs real well. I want to learn to do ribs as well, since I'm, but I'm the only mediator in the house. You know, Rob, one thing I, I, I have been reticent to compliment you on. We've known each other for a long time, uh, probably nearly 20 years. And we've worked together much of the, a lot of that time. Is And I, I've never publicly complimented you on this, but this is the perfect time to do it, I think. You're one of the best pitch men. In our business, <laughs> bar none. Yeah. It's funny because way back from the days when we were trying to just scrape and claw at Hawkeye Nation, whatever, 15 years ago, um, you were always P.T. Barnum and I was just trying to stay, stay afloat. <laughs> so, and now look at you. I mean, you're, you're, yeah. you're pitching with the best of them. I'm proud of you. The commando grill. The best one. The one of the funniest comments we've had so far is some one guy said he wants to work. He wants to cook on the commando grill while being commando, meaning naked. That's so fantastic. Yeah. So I don't know if he's the winner, but that's the type of creativity we're looking for. No doubt about it. So go to Hawkeye Nation. Look for that story. All right. Thanks one and all. We'll talk to you soon.